Hi, podcast family. This is Linda Vang, the creator of F Cancer Podcast, also known as Forgive Cancer Podcast. This is where we heal hearts and connect people through real cancer stories. We hope that you will share and subscribe to our podcast. Hello, today we have a wonderful lady on the phone. Her name is Young,、um, and she is here to share her stories and share、um, words of wisdom and her experiences with us. Young, can you tell us、um, a little bit about your type of cancer and how you discovered it?、Um, the cancer I have is in the lung. It's non-small cell. Adenocarcinoma.、Um, it's in my right middle lobe of the lung.、Um, I found out from、um, going to a, a lung specialist、um, because I was having really bad asthma. I have actually, since I was a teenager, I have a heart condition.、Uh, it's called cardio hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. And it obstructs blood flow from one side and leaks from a different side, and there's a thickness in the heart.、Um, so I've been taking medication for that since I was like 17.、Um, and because of that, as I got older, it induced a cardiac asthma. So I had, because you know, blood affects the lungs,、uh, the oxygen flowing. So whenever I was having a hard time breathing, my cardiologist told me. Okay, take this inhaler.、Um, over, you know, in my mid twenties, I was taking an inhaler on and off、uh, because of the cardiac asthma. Whenever I felt short of breath, I would take it.、Um, and then later on, you know, my breathing just kind of got worse. It slowly, the asthma medication wasn't working as well, and they and I was switched to different asthma inhalers,、uh, different medications. Different dosages, so it, that went on for about at least ten years before my diagnosis.、Wow. So I always figured it was heart induced.、Um, but then eventually, when I was thirty-nine,、uh, this was in two thousand seventeen, and around October, I was having a really hard time. I had. I had multiple, you know, like inhalers that I had to carry with me all the time, and I had to take it multiple times during the day, and it was just a lot more than what I was doing before. So it kind of slowly progressed from there. And then in November,、um, my my lung specialist、uh, he told me, okay, well let's just go get a scan and check out your lungs, you know. You're you're not using the capacity of your lungs, and it just seems like it's deteriorating. And the scan came back, the X-ray came back with a kind of a small, I don't know,、uh, shadow that he saw. So he's like, "Well, let's do a CT scan, and then led to a PET scan, and then he was kind of reassuring me, telling me, 'Oh, it could just be a mold or something in there that we can easily remove.'" Um, then it turned out、um, it was something more. Uh, it really scared me. Of course, you know any diagnosis.、Um, he told me I, I need to get a a biopsy.、Uh, the biopsy really scared me. They went through my trachea,、um, 
and went down into my lungs to get, you know, some of the sample. Uh, and as soon as I woke up, this was, uh, now it's been, you know, a couple months. So it's now December, 2017. Uh, it was right before Christmas, December 15th. <clears throat> as soon as I woke up from the surgery, the surgeon told me that it's, uh, it's cancer. Um, and I immediately just like everything, I feel like all the energy in my life just drained. <laughs> that that moment, I just felt like, okay, I, this is it. Um, I just started crying, crying, and all the nurses was like wondering why and telling me it's okay, it's okay. I'm like, no, it's not okay. I have cancer. Like immediate, like you're suddenly told you have cancer, and like everyone, like why is everyone so calm? You know, I was like kind of panicking inside, but I was. Right. I was still drowsy coming back from, you know, the anesthesia. Um, and then they pushed me out into the room and my boyfriend, my sister was there and I was just like bawling and they're like, what, what's going on? What's going on? I still remember that moment. I'm like, oh my God, they told me it's cancer. And so from that moment, I, that's when my journey started. Uh, what were you diagnosed with? It was stage four, uh, stage 3B um non-small cell adenocarcinoma so the tumor was inside my right lung um it was i think uh forgot in original what size it was maybe around six or seven centimeters and it had gone to a few other lymph nodes around the area so it's been about five years now approximately mm -hmm. um what do you think this cancer journey has taught you about life in general? Oh, so many things. Um, it's taught me that life uh, is impermanent. And it could, you could be in it and it could be gone the next minute. I mean, even meeting so many people that I have, from ITC and meeting them and then, you know, a few months later finding out they have passed. That just really, like, like with Bao's case, it just really makes, that realization is, it's just kind of become, you know, like a reality, like, wow, life is so, it's actually very fragile. It's not as, as we, as, you know, as permanent as we think we feel it is. And it just makes me think about my own life, um, you know, what I want to do with it. If I'm not here tomorrow, what's going to happen to all my stuff? Like, do I even need my stuff? Like, you know, like uh, the material things, it made me think about all of that and my relationships and my family, uh, things I've done in my life. Am I, am I happy with all the stuff that I've done? What more do I want to do? What would I be sad if I didn't do those things that I wanted to do? And, you know, who do I want to spend my time with? Now my time feels like so precious. Um, spending it even with myself and just being with myself and doing things that I enjoy and love. Um, it's great. It, you know, it, it just, it's just a different feeling of enjoying and appreciating life. Absolutely. I think, you know, um, like you kind of mentioned, it reprioritized a lot for us, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And 
what do you think um, you know had you not had cancer how do you think your life would be different oh it was it would be very different um i actually i i really appreciated and enjoyed life before i used to travel internationally locally i'd be taking a trip you know every month to somewhere locally and multiple times a year i'd go somewhere and really enjoying the food and culture and meeting people i have a lot of wonderful friends i like beautiful family um and relationship with my boyfriend i mean everything was perfect i couldn't have asked for more in my life i had a wonderful job i financially i was doing well i, I mean i bought a house i i just i don't know what happened i felt like everything dropped like I, the one thing I, I don't know, people, I've seen a lot of uh, healers and they always say that issues with the lung has to do with, you know, grief, but I feel like my grief is losing my old life. I mean, this whole cancer thing brought on this grief. I don't know if this grief comes from old or past lives or whatever things that the healers have told me, but I feel like it's brought on new grief is that I, I, I miss my old life. I miss being able to do all the fun things that life has to offer. But now I'm just, I have no energy. I'm just stuck in my house, in my room. And I mean, with COVID and everything, yeah, everybody can't do stuff. But I, I can, you know, barely walk to the bathroom some days because I'm so short of breath and I'm so tired. And then my whole day revolves around taking supplements and doing my heat treatments and just Absolutely. being fatigued. <laughs> Absolutely. I know um, emotion plays mm -hmm. a lot in, in cancer. A, a lot of lifestyle plays a lot with cancer or what causes cancer. And I know you mentioned grief. Have you experienced grief in your life? And can you touch a little bit about grief before cancer? Um, grief before cancer, I have experienced it um, losing my father and my grandfather. Uh, so those two times was the most I don't know, difficult times in, in experiencing grief in my life. Like I was very close with my grandpa. Uh, he passed when I was in high school and just taking him in and out of the hospital and watching him deteriorate the last two years that he was around uh, was really difficult and when he finally passed and then the same thing happened when my dad he passed well um I was in my 20s um and he I wasn't very close with him but the last few years when he was very ill I you know became a lot closer and taking care of him and uh, taking him in and out of hospitals and and we actually spend a lot of time together and so that grief really um it, it affected me i think a lot um but i i think i went through all the the processes and the stages of it and and i think i was okay but until you know this cancer diagnosis happened okay thank you yeah. for sharing that um I know you also mentioned about your family, and I know family is huge when you 
get a cancer diagnosis. How was your family affected? How did they take the news? I actually didn't tell my family at the beginning.、Um, my clo- my younger sister, she's my closest sister. I, I have seven sisters, so in my family, there's eight girls and two boys. It's a pretty big family, like you guys too, right? <laughs> so、um, yes, absolutely, exact numbers. <laughs> So yeah, you're right. I mean, Bad was telling me about you know all your siblings, and it is difficult to tell family. Actually, my mom still doesn't know because、um, I just you know I just I couldn't tell her. I asked my older sisters to tell her, but they recommend just to you know not tell her because I mean she's kind of you know she's in her 80s, and we didn't want her to worry because there's really nothing. That she could do, but you know, ruminate over it and and just worry, worry, worry. So,、uh, I kept it to myself actually, to just me and my younger sister and two other older sisters right above me,、uh, and my one brother that's right above me. So there was only、um, four or five of us that knew about it, and they were the ones that were next to me the whole time in helping me,、uh, you know, to my doctor's appointments and. Making decisions and all of that, but it wasn't until、um, two years later, later. then my older sisters, you know, we had to tell my older sisters, and they all found out. And but they were all very supportive.、Um, they all contributed funds to me being in ITC, and that helped a lot this second time.、Uh, and even friends,、uh, friends that are just really wonderful, and they've all. You know, contributed, and they just want me to get better. Whatever way that I decide to go with treatment, they've been supportive. Yeah, I um, I admire you that um, you have not yet told your mom. I understand where you're coming from. To be quite honest, um, I think in all honesty, it's just gonna worry her. You know, and. I think that if someone like our parents, if they knew, let's just say a cure, then I think it makes sense to tell them, right? But I feel like at that age, where it's just gonna worry them, it's gonna possibly decrease the number of years they have with me. I really do just.、Um, Admire that about you, but I think you. you know this goes to say that what's right for you isn't right for me. You know, some people feel very comfortable telling their mom, even at eighty,、yeah. and some people just don't feel comfortable. And I respect that, and respect really、yeah. just anybody's decision because we all have our own reasons and、exactly. thoughts as to who we tell. So yeah. that is yeah. amazing. Well, so, I've always had, you know, my heart condition. I told you that, so she actually worries about that about me all the time already. So I, I didn't feel like adding on another layer of worry for her. Yeah, that is true. So, Young, can you tell me、um, before you were diagnosed, were you working, and how do you balance work life right now? With cancer, 
Yes, I was working. Um, I'm a technical editor, so I work on the computer、um, all the time. And before I worked just forty hours a week, I wasn't overworked. I I wasn't you know like a workaholic. I did my job, my eight hours at work, and I went home. And then after work, I love spending time with my friends, just enjoying you know different events that we have. Get-togethers、uh, and you know, going places, traveling, seeing, and doing food. And so, I, I think I had a really good work-life experience before. I mean, I was my whole life. Actually, I've been bouncing from job to job because I couldn't find a career that I felt that you know I really was passionate about. I always wanted to find my passion because I see these people that are born with talents and gifts, and they, you know, they say, you know, you. Everyone has a passion for something, and I couldn't find my own. I'm like, why don't I have a passion? I've I've tried so many different jobs. I've been a teacher. I've been, you know, in, in engineering. I've been in you no know, sales. I've been, you know, in a lot of different places.、Wow. But I never found the job that I really love. So I eventually I just kind of, you know, well, I'll just stick to this job. Every job I was at, I, I did do it well. I was there for at least. You know, three years at each job, so that I can figure out whether it was the profession for me.、Um, but in the meantime, I still enjoyed life. I still had fun.、Um, but now I've, you know, I've settled into a job where it's just technical editing,、um, and I I do it pretty fairly well. I've been at my job for about company for about six years, six or seven years now, and.、Um, And I think it's I do have a good work life balance. I do my you know forty hours a week, and outside of that,、um, I I do painting. I do my little hobbies:、um, rock painting, calligraphy, the、uh, coloring. I don't know. I I do kind of a, a lot of this little crafts and stuff.、Um, so whatever fun things I can find to do, like. At home since it's COVID,、um, it's it's been great. I spend my time. I'm really busy every day doing my little crafts and stuff. So, so you are still working as you continue your cancer journey, correct? Yes, I have never stopped working. I've been very lucky. I've been at a job where my managers and bosses of coworkers have all been so supportive that they haven't. I haven't even had to take a leave of absence. For health at all, wow!、Um, yeah, I haven't had to take any medical leave. I've been on the payroll full time from the beginning. <laughs> and can you、diagnosis. tell us, you know, going through the cancer and also working full time? Can you give us any advice on how to balance that? If someone who's diagnosed and they still want to or need to work. Um, find a job where your boss doesn't mind if you just check an email every day. <laughs> Which is, I've been very lucky. Actually, I've been very blessed with this to be in this position where, I, you know, some days I don't even log in. I don't even check my email. But some days I go in and I check one or two emails, and then、uh, I'm done. So, I mean, there were weeks where, you know, I did probably ten minutes of work a day. 
when I was at ITC and I couldn't, you know, do my work when I was going through chemo and, you know, so I was so sick, so sick. I couldn't even, you know, open up my computer. Um, I mean, I, I went, you know, for a week or two, actually not even doing any work, but I, I was still okay. Like my boss was still texting me and, and asking me, you know, just checking in on me to make sure that I'm okay. Wow. So, I think that's yeah. amazing. And I think I'm hearing from you. Find a job where you're valued and trusted, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, can you tell me a little bit more about, um, I know you mentioned that you do have the faith, the faith of God in your life. Tell us how he has guided you in your journey, please. Um, well, with the faith of God, I, a lot of the teachings, you know, it, it comes from listening to a, a lot of the, you know, faith leaders with this, with such inspiration and with such power, empowerment. Um, and I, I take on a lot of that. And I, I think that's really comforting to, to feel because when you're going through something like this, you feel you, I, I feel very alone. I don't, I can't speak for others, but when I'm going through it, like getting the needles poked in you, sitting in the big chair, you know, you walk in a doctor's office and, you know, you don't want to be the one sitting in the, the big chair in the middle where Absolutely. you're being examined and everybody else is just standing around watching you. Like, you know, I'm the one that has to get the IV to, you know, get the surgery, to get the chemo, to get the medication and deal... It's you. Do, I do it all alone. It's you are the. I am the one that have to do it. Nobody else is going to be doing it. And so I felt like I'm the only one. Why do? Why is this happening to me? Why am I feel so alone? Nobody else can share that with you because nobody else in your family. My family was going through it, and my friends. They can hold my hand. My boyfriend can be there and hold my hand and be there with me. But he's not going to experience the needle jabs, the symptoms, the side effects. So I felt like believing in God, believing in a higher power, that just mentally it's comforting to know that there is a spiritual presence um, within you, around you, that is helping you through it. And so I think that mental comfort says a lot and helps a lot that for anyone that is going through this if you don't have a spiritual belief find one um, because that is what has saved me to be able to get through every single night that I couldn't sleep that I was in pain or you know or going through something um, I even have this app that's called you pray and you enter you know whatever you want to pray for um, and you know I just get, and then they return back with a comforting note about God and about, you know, the spirituality of the presence of somebody guiding you. So, yeah, that's, so that's my belief. That's how oh, I well, I've never, I've never heard of that app. What is it called again? Uh, it's called You Pray. Okay, that's letter, awesome. The letter U and then pray. Awesome. I am hoping that some of us um, can check that out and make use of that. Now, I absolutely agree with you on the feeling of being lonely. 
I don't think you are alone at all in feeling lonely, you know? Um, I did tell Bao, you know, I did tell Bao at one point that this journey is between you and God. Like, when the world is sleeping and there's no one else to comfort you, it is between you and God. And He is the only one that you can rely on 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. So I think, thank you for pointing that out. I think that's really important for our listeners to know that cancer is a really lonely journey. Even if you have someone going through the same exact thing you are or very similar situation, at the end of the night, you know, it is again yeah. between you and God. Exactly. Yes. So, Like they said, you come into this world on your own you're going to leave this world on your own but you know at least you have the belief in god or the universe or whatever you want to call it this presence of a you know a a bigger spiritual being around you that's is the most comforting thing that you can have correct thank you so much that you know i'm hoping that would remind someone to turn to god and you know, get all the comfort and encouragement that they may need. And can you tell us a little bit about where you are in your journey, your diagnosis, your journey right now, and what your hopes are for your future? (laughs) I laugh because there is no way of knowing, like, you know, what the future holds. Um, so I can only focus on today and what I can do today, maybe plan, you know, a few things in the next upcoming weeks to like have lunch with a friend or something. Um, but right now I'm just focusing on taking, you know, all the supplements and medication that I need to keep this cancer in control and doing my intermittent fasting and eating my keto diet and keeping as strict to it as possible to keep myself as, you know, healthy as possible at the moment and to make, make it last. I just want to live and make it last as long as I can. I, I can hope that, you know, I will have 10, 20, 30 years. Um, but I don't know. And not knowing just gives me the hope for tomorrow. Um, I mean, it'd be wonderful if I can plan, you know, in five years. You know, people say that, you know, what's your five-year, 10-year, 15-year plan? Right now, I don't have that. (laughs) Um, But I'm really kind of just trying to enjoy my little joys that I have. Like every morning, my sister makes me a little bowl of chia seed pudding with, you know, all my favorite berries and nuts and coconut milk and everything in it. and. And I enjoy that every day, you know, like that I get to eat it and it's so delicious. And, you know, like in the next 10 minutes, I'll be done eating it. But in the moment, I want to enjoy it. (laughs) Um, Enjoying the little things that we probably took for granted in the past. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And even if I had my like a cheat day or, or sometimes when I'm really dying for, you know, that egg roll or something like that that i shouldn't be eating but it's so 
good. Like I yes. remember every bite, every crunch, and every every taste yes. bud that it just you know. Um, one of the one last question that I do have for you um, is: Can you share with us some encouraging words or wisdom for someone who has been affected by or diagnosed with cancer? Oh, um, that you're definitely not the only person going through the things that you're going through. The things that are going through in your mind,、um, which can be a million things running through it. So I would say to, you know, start reading,、uh, read, read and learn about all the different options you have. Don't rush into doing chemo and radiation, which I was scared to death to go into. But I was the, the doctors that I was working with. Made it so that that it sounded so urgent that if I didn't do it at this moment, that you know the cancer was going to take over and I was going to die tomorrow, and I was so scared. They, I, I, I just had so much fear. I don't. I guess it depends if you have a fast-growing, you know, cancer tumor or not. But in my case, it was it's actually very slow growth, so I had time, but I didn't know. I didn't know anything about cancer. I didn't. Know anybody in my life that was going through cancer,、um, and I didn't know you can reach out to people on Facebook groups and on social media.、Um, now I'm part of so many different groups, and I know so many people that have gone through it, so many success stories, and I have read a ton on all the possibility treatments that you can do. Like I know so much more. I, I wish I knew back then, but you know you can't absorb all of that in the first. You know, few weeks that you're diagnosed, you're just filled、Correct. with consumed with fear. But I, I think the best is ask your doctor if it is a slow growing cancer or fast, and if you have time to research and figure out what to do, take the time to figure out what's best for you before jumping into something. Like for me, I I went through chemo and radiation, and it's taken me years, and I still. You know, are dealing with the long-term side effects of it,、um, which I can't take back anymore. But I can only, you know, move forward.、Um, but yeah, even if you don't have cancer, I, I feel like it's eventually will affect somebody or some way that you know or even yourself. Just learn about it. Learn about health. Learn about because when you get older, health is. Really, all you have, because without health, you don't have anything else. You know, what's the point of accumulating all this wealth and all this other stuff if you don't have your health,、uh, which is your life?、Um, so, I would really, you know, like encourage that as people start eating healthy and you know just doing all the things that you can to live a really healthy lifestyle. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Knowledge is definitely power.、Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, there's no way to learn everything and apply everything in your first few months, even in your first year. It's almost、right. impossible. Yeah, I truly think this is a you know lifelong lifestyle kind of deal when you are diagnosed with cancer, and so. 
you made really、um, great points, and thank you for your tips and thank you for your words. And Young, I just want to thank you once again for joining us on our podcast today. I hope that your story will definitely inspire someone to not give up and keep going. Thank you, Linda. It was great speaking with you. <laughs> thank you.